So this is my most personal episode yet. It's my own personal Pan's journey with my son. You want to stay tuned because every parent who's got a child who struggles will get it. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about my own hellish nightmare journey with hands. And I want to share so much wisdom with you all. It doesn't matter what clinical issue you have. When your child is in crisis, these are some of the things that have helped me, have helped the thousands of families I've worked with. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne. If you're new to this podcast, then you are in for a treat because this is all about natural solutions, ways to help kids' brains become, how to regulate behavior, and of course, how to help families achieve that all-important happiness, something we kind of forget about in our busy lives. I am going to be talking about my own journey with my son, my own pan's journey. I'm really sharing this really for the first time. This is the most personal episode I've ever done because people ask me about it all the time. And I want parents to know what are the things that I have done that have helped. And I want you to feel hopeful that even when it's been like the worst crisis, it's been a full on poop show, you can get to the other side of it. I think that so much of what I do when I work one-to-one with people is just getting them to believe, getting them to understand things can get better, even when it's dark. And let me tell you, I've had some dark days. And you know, we talk a lot about this in our Natural Parenting Solutions group. You can go over to www.drrosanne.com forward slash group. And it's a free group for parents who are looking for natural ways to help their children with mental health. But let me talk to you about my own PANS journey because like I said, this isn't something I've really shared in this way. And I talk about it on social, but I've never really shared the complete story of my son, Max, who is now 18 years old. And I'm going to start off with hope. He's on the other side of it. Is life perfect? No. Whose life is, people? (laughs) And our story is that he got bitten by a tick at 22 months. And we didn't know it. It was the winter. uh, And it was a very mild winter. And back in the 2000s, the first part of this century, and still today, we don't really know enough about ticks. But I had already been working with families with ticks. And yet, I didn't know that in the winter, ticks are still out. So we were out and my son must have gotten bitten by a tick and he really changed pretty quickly. So in that winter, it was December of 2006, he wound up getting a fever. Well, you know, you got a baby with a fever. You don't think too much about it. We already were holistic. We already doing all kinds of stuff, went to naturopaths, did all that stuff. So he had this fever. And shortly thereafter, he really had a quite a dramatic change in his uh, personality and eating habits. And the thing about Max is he was like just off the charts bright. He started talking at seven and a half months. As I love to tell the story, he never shut up after that. <laughs> and he was always making all these like deep connections and freaking me out when in the back of the car with all the things. 
So he definitely had an intensity about him and he was a poor sleeper. I do think kids that are good sleepers and are an urban legend. So he got sick and then he really stopped eating. When your kids stop eating, people like make it like it's no big deal. And I remember going into the pediatrician and I was like, my kid stopped eating. And she was like, well, lots of kids are picky eaters. And I said, you don't go from eating calamari <laughs> and radishes to not eating. It's not what kids do. And my kids just, you know, we never eaten off of a child's menu or any of that. And so, you know, we went to the naturopath, we sort of dig, dug in and started playing around. And even though I was working for all those years with people with Lyme, I just didn't make the connection because as I started off in the story, I was operating under this misassumption that you couldn't get bitten by a tick in the wintertime. So it didn't connect. So he was declining. He started acting out. He was angry, obviously got thin because he wasn't eating. This, this Italian mama and my mother, Nona, was like chasing him around to eat. And we would kind of get little bites and, you know, bits of food in him. And anybody who knows whose, whose kid is restrictive eating, like you get it. I know you get it. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to give him this. I'm going to give him that. He's got to eat something. And we were not junk food eaters. So it was really healthy food, but I was getting desperate. And I was like, I'm going to give this kid a cookie. I don't care what it is. You know, if he, he'll eat some frosting, it's something. It was that serious because also on the Hodge side, they're very thin. So they're thin anyway, and they just need to eat a lot of food all the time. So it was worrisome. That was the biggest thing. And then he just really started getting cranky and irritable and difficult. So even though he was intense before, he was very pleasant and engaging. Now I had this kid that was like difficult. I was like, what is going on? Now, this is what I do for a living. I knew people with Lyme. And so our naturopath, God bless him, Dr. Josh, he was the most lovely man. He wound up dying of a brain tumor. And he was like, okay, I think this is dairy. And so we had lots of problems with dairy, removed it a little bit better. And you know, constipation, all these kind of soft signs were all there. And, you know, here I'm lucky I have my parents because when you have a kid who's behavioral, people like avoid you like you have the bubonic plate. <laughs> it's so true. And I'll talk to you about this whole journey and how it's really changed everything for me. <laughs> There's a lot of good things that happen, but, you know, it's real, a lot of sadness has happened just because of the loss. People abandon you. It doesn't matter. I'm like, the coolest lady ever. I think I am because I still go to concerts front row, of course. It doesn't matter that I'm Dr. Roseanne. People leave you. Even my best friend left me in this journey, really point blank because of my kid's behavior. That's not okay because we should always love and accept people. The great part about it is the people in my life now are the best, but it still hurts and it stings. And I'm so, so grateful for... Um, I'm going to get a little emotional. My mom and dad, my mom passed away. Um, and, you know, it's very, very hard to have people really support you when you need it the most. So just know that I'm there with you and I get it. <laughs> so in this journey, what wind up happening with Max is he got the OCD overnight. I... PANS wasn't a thing that we were talking about in 2006 and seven, and really accelerated for him. He was almost lucky enough that he got bitten by another tick within six months and we saw it. So we started doing some treatments and whatnot. 
And he just declined and declined. And the thing that declined for him the most was his sleep. So then you get the tonsils and adenoids out and that helped a little, but then he was on antibiotics for a short amount of time and he was better. And then he got much, much worse. And so my journey isn't the same as everybody because I already knew we were like, this is chronic Lyme, right? This is chronic Lyme. Now I call it PANS, but when people don't know, I at least some people understand chronic Lyme more than they do PANS. So you can say chronic Lyme. It's the same people. It's the same. What does not matter? You get the brain inflammation causing that. What happened was I had access to the top people and we wound up going to Dr. Charles Ray Jones. Anybody knows who he was. He was already 80 years old by the time we saw him, maybe, maybe 79 turning, turning eight. He was in his late seventies. When I saw him, he was somewhere between 25 and 30,000 kids he had already treated. And we did traditional treatments, blasting with antibiotics, all that stuff. And we were lucky because they helped Max. Did they normalize him? No. But that was the only time we saw the OCD and he was very young. So, you know, he didn't go to preschool because we tried preschool. And the lady, I was like, this lady, she now works at a, at a grocery store, just, be, just so you know, like it all comes around. She told me my kid was a feral animal is what she told me. I don't know why a Montessori education teacher or any teacher would ever tell a parent that. He was in such sensory overload when I, he made it in preschool in the threes program, like literally like 10 days, he was like rolling over kids. He was just out of his mind with infection. At, once we pulled him, he was couldn't get out of his PJs for, I don't know, maybe six months. It wasn't until the spring, really the antibiotics, everything coming together. And we're doing a lot of things all at once. And I will share my journey of the marathon because I was in the belief that there was a sprint, that you did this and then it went away. It was the thing. And then you went away. And in this journey, I realized that this is a multi-pronged approach. If you're listening to this series about PNs, I talk about a five-pronged approach because you can't separate out improving the immune system, treating the infection, calming the brain. You have to calm the brain. The brain is not going to heal if you don't do that. And then obviously, there, there's behavioral support. We need parenting support. It is lots of flare episodes in there. I definitely did some things that were terrible. Most of things were amazing and we progressed. Worst thing that actually ever happened to Max was we did integrative listening therapy and it completely destabilized him and brought on the worst flare ever. And there is a FDA kind of warning between integrative listening and antibiotics. And he was on antibiotics and he actually was doing well. And I thought, okay, I've seen other kids do it. And he just got so set back. And that started a homeschooling journey for us. We're going to talk about that. That has served him well. Um, in a lot of reasons. And he is completing high school being homeschooled. He's actually done high school homeschooled. And we've done different periods. And we went to alternative schooling. And it, it's really helped him. Max is on the other side of it. He is more regulated and calm than I ever actually thought could happen for him with so many episodes that were triggered, you know, mostly by infection. Like I said, our worst was this treatment. And what really moved the dial for us was truly calming his brain, herbals. <laughs> you already know Lauren Lee Stone is our practitioner. Please listen to that episode. She's amazing. Really just digging in on detoxification, like digging in deep um, and just a really clean diet. And 
as much as we can lowering stress in our life. We are a fun family and this total hellish nightmare where you don't know if you call the priest for the exorcism, the police, the ambulance. You don't know who you should call. You're afraid to tell people when your kid is so out of their freaking minds. And everyone makes different choices. Some people think the psych meds are going to help that we know through research, it's not helping. I'm telling you, I'm not seeing people, most people who try to put their kid inpatient. We never had to do that for psychiatric. But man, you think about it. Even Dr. Rowe thought about it. But all my people who've ever put their kids have felt that it worsened things because they're just such an ignorance and they're not treating the infections. They could get infection treatment in an intensive manner. It would be great. So I want to share with you my lessons as a PANS mom. I'm here as a mom. I know I know a lot and I know I've been able to get great care. It is not an easy journey. And some of the things that I feel like, God, I wish every parent should know is number one, I already mentioned this is a marathon, not a sprint. You have to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you are going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn your marriage out. My husband is like, this is, we are team Hajj. This, it's either going to bring you together or it's not. And they, we learn to just be a tag team on this because what are you going to do? Like there are, you know, the ladies on the bus stop, you know, would like literally talk about getting together and not invite us because I had this really behavioral kid. They didn't know what to make of it. Not very nice. For that to happen, <laughs> it's, it's still very stingy and hurtful. And I've had multiple people leave my life. And even when we were in flare periods, you know, when I learned to tell people when they would invite us over, like, hey, listen, my kid has behavioral issues. And he might say, F you. And they'd be like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, no, I'm really serious. And they would, oh, oh. And most 99% of people would just instantaneously stop that conversation. And what I learned is the 1% of the people who were like, that's great, because my kid will too. become my best friends, including like Becky Wells and my soul sister, Cleopatra and all the people in my life who are like, of course, we're going to love you. Like you can't, why do we put such a stigma on mental health? If this was cancer, if this was another more acceptable form of a disability, and I don't even know what that is, but as soon as it's mental health and soon as it's behavioral, There's something that people feel like it's contagion, like there's something wrong with you, like you're dirty. And it's really, really hard when when I had a major friendship breakup and I literally confronted the person and said, this is happening because you don't love and accept my son. And she said, yes. Can you imagine that somebody said that? And we won't go into too much, but um, let me just tell you that um, this is somebody that should know better with their training. And that's okay, because as Shauna told me, Jesus keeps people in your life and he also keeps people out. But again, it still hurts. So um, it's definitely put me on a path. And I and I share that story because I just want you to understand you got to find your tribe. You got to stick with your tribe. You got to find it. Don't feel like you have to save everybody and explain and everybody. And I, and I see it a lot in our pans threads and things like that. I think education is important, but everyone's got to find their own journey. Boy, do I wish people understand some of these things. And this is why I'm doing this episode. So 
you can hear my own struggles and also to see the positives, right? And what are things that are working? This has been one of the best things that is freeing for me. And I am not a people pleaser, but I am a ride or die friend. So when a friend, it's a betrayal, it's Dr. Debbie Silver, betrayal expert, it hurts. And you have to stick, but you, you got to find your peeps and they've got to get your back. Who's going to be with you in a bar fight? That's who you got to stick with. I don't know friendship another way. Choose your friends carefully and don't feel like you have to hide. If you have to hide something from your friends, those are not your right, right people. So I mentioned herbs. So moving to herbs and supplements, which I always did, but treating the nine co-infections that Maxwell had, parasites and all that. This has been super helpful and to clean up with detoxification and, and listen to the series. Uh, listen to the Lauren Lee Stone and then calming the brain. So for Max, like we've done neurofeedback, PEMF has consistently been the thing that he really gravitates now as a teenager. I find him just using it on his own or he calls me at work and is like, should I use this setting first or that? And I just love it. Both my boys do. And it's because it feels good. You know, when you use PEMF and I don't have it up with me, but when you use it, there's for most people, because you go into a parasympathetic state, it feels good. You're just so jacked up in pans and pandas. You know, it really is there. So important. And that leads to balanced behavioral support. One of my team members came in here just before and was like, a mom wanted me to ask you. Because they're one of my team members, because they started working here, realized their kid has pans, of course, right? And I don't believe everybody has it, but some kids do, right? And it's pretty clear that their kid did and the QEG brain map showed us that. But said, this mom wanted to know, like, how do I know when it's a pan's flare or it's behavior? They're all about behavior. That's their language. We have to have balanced, loving care. And, you know, when, when the flare is there, they're just not rational. There's no amount of discipline that's going to make it go away. There's no punishment. There's no anything. So I always try to approach things. I want my kids to be independent thinkers, and they are. We have to get rid of old ways of parenting when our kid is different. It doesn't matter what kind of disability it is. And my Pan's family, like, you know, Max's brother, Giancarlo, is a dyslexic. Like, they're, we're moving to a neurodivergent society. So our old ways of parenting aren't going to work. And we inherited them from our parents. You know, Tony and Philomena, they taught me many things. The number one best thing my mother taught me is not to give a crap what anybody thinks. You'll hear me say that all the time. It's pretty freeing to be a woman. And my mother really empowered me to be like, no, speak your mind. You don't have to please anybody. And my dad, it was really the softy, right? And he's like giver. And, you know, I'm like, I say all the time, 70% Tony. We're like just a genius divergent kind of like, boop, 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 mine. And my mother was just this very powerful woman, like who just didn't care about anybody but her kids. Like I'm going to do a whole episode of my sister and how I became a warrior mom because of my mom. <laughs> but you have to have a balanced way, right? So my parents really wanted me to be independent. And that's what I passed on to my kids in a different way because society has changed. Do you have a child that dysregulates at the drop of a hat? Maybe they're cranky and moody and rigid and inflexible. Well, I've got the key to unlock the secrets of successful self-regulation for your child. And in our free 
resource guide, 147 therapist-endorsed self-regulation strategies for children. It's a practical guide for parents, and it's a game changer. You can access your copy now and discover practical strategies endorsed by therapists like me. Don't miss out and download here at drrosanne.com forward slash regulate. That's drrosanne.com forward slash regulate. I also really want my kids to be super thoughtful and kind and empathetic, and they are, and I love that. And maybe that's not the most popular thing in the world. Like, you know, they're not like killers in sports or whatever. We're nerdy people. Like, we're not sporty people. If you're sporty people, awesome. Be who you are. But balanced behavioral support means that you are processing with them after. You're not focusing, you know, you can't shame them. You can't blame them. And you focus on coping skills and stress management. This is a journey. This is not one strategy. And no kid wants to be, quote unquote, badly behaved. There isn't a kid in the planet. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how old they are. They get stuck in patterns or something driving that behavior. You have to be a parent detective. Super, super important. I will do more on this because I. this is an issue. It doesn't matter if it's ADD, OCD, pants, pandas. You have to start really thinking about why is my child acting like that? What can I do to scaffold it to change this? And God help us, we don't want our kids to feel so bad about themselves. That is when you have really high-risk adult behaviors and leads to a lot of bad things. And also like you become a bum magnet and you you attract other people in your relationships. Because I'm an Italian mother. I'm always thinking about who is my boys going to marry? I want them to marry somebody that they love and they get along with. And I hope that my husband... I know my husband and I role model that because in this pan's journey, man, we try to laugh and we try to bring humor in. It's the greatest diffuser because otherwise we're going to cry all the time. This stinks. It's so crazy expensive. It's such a mystery. Every week somebody flies in to work with me every single week. And most of the time it's pans. I'm so grateful. My gosh, I have the best parents that come in. I love them so much. Um, They're wonderful human beings. They're. I'm not afraid of the problem. I'm always afraid of the attitude towards the problem, right? So we work in a partnership and we teach people, we guide you, but you got to have belief. You got to have faith. It's so important. And I didn't put faith on here because I just assume that everyone has it. doesn't matter what your religion is, but if I didn't have faith, I don't know how it would make it through a day. And it's so such a definitive part when I see people being successful, everybody wants me to tell them, is this going to work? You know, I come in, I work with you in our brain behavior reset program. Is this going to work? All I can say is I can tell you when it does work at a very high level. Absolutely. People use the program, use what we teach them, actually do neurofeedback, actually do PMF. They focus on the micro growth. So you didn't fully cure pans. If you only focus on that, you're going to be very happy. If you're like, wow. Like this mom said to me, we went out from the birthday and normally if I didn't tell the waitress that the food couldn't be touching, we'd have a full behavioral episode. The food was touching. And for the first time that I could recall, she was like, great. She was like, 
I don't think anybody can understand what a major win that was. That is focusing on the micro. And and the last thing is really, really having faith, faith in that these treatments work, faith in yourself and having a connection to source is really very, very definitive. If you are interested in working with us, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help and we have Solution Matcher just for you. We're doing more and more for parents and offering different solutions that will be unfolding throughout the year. But one-to-one, we only accept a very small amount of people. And it's for people who are like, I want to be done. And I really, really want help um, for my child and family. And lastly, I mentioned homeschooling. It is not for everybody. But I want to say one of the biggest things that I see people, they're so focused on getting their kids back to school. School is important. Hello, I have a doctorate. Okay, three graduate degrees. And I, I graduated a year early with my doctorate, just, just to let you know. Um, it was a terrible, terrible student until I went to college. And I was like, wow, I love learning. And anyway, so there's hope for everybody, but it was the 80s. Um, so you want to think about homeschooling because there's, if you're in a real intense treatment regimen, which, which could be physical treatments like IVIG or plasmapheresis or whatever the herbs, my gosh, when I had to do the, this supplement, we still do all our stuff, but not in the same level. I had to do the homeopathy. Then I had to do the binders. Then I had to do this. I was like, we can't go to school. It's not possible. And I can't work every day. So we homeschooled. Right. So we had this horrible flare. I was like, Oh my God, we're taking him out of school. We, we had just switched from public school to a private school. And I was like, he can't go. He's like a hot mess and a nightmare behavior, literally completely out of control. And we fell into homeschooling and I loved it. And homeschooling, the number one reason people homeschool is religion. And the number two is because there is some type of medical or special education or behavioral issue. That's it. So you find your tribe. I mean, gosh, I found some really cool people and learned a lot. And we then, you know, went back to school, but it allowed us to do treatments and it allowed us to reduce the stress. So if the brain isn't calm, no healing is possible. Okay. Let's say that again. If the brain isn't calm, no healing is possible. You can go and get every treatment that you want, medical treatment. If the stress activation is high, your child isn't going to get better. That is why like some of my people, they go to the top, top providers and you should. Medical providers, they wind up on my door because they're like, I'm not getting better. And it's the nervous system just gets into this heightened state. All the resources in the body move towards that. So I know what we unpacked a lot. I gotta hate this freaking pants. <laughs> but there has been many blessings. And I, I always look at myself as a, a conduit, right? So, you know, my own story of why I got in mental health is I was truly guided. Like it was like, this is what you're going to do. And I literally just followed that path. It was like a knowing that that's what I had to do. I hated school. So I thought I'd be a hairdresser because I could just talk to people. But then I went to school and I was like, I'm just like, I'm going to blow this out. And I did. And I loved it. So is this for me is that I can be here and share this information and make somebody else's suffering less. I know that is why <laughs> pants came to me. I still hate it. But if I can have one positive, and this is where my faith comes in, and I really do mean this, that I know these learnings 
have just been tremendous in helping other people. And I learned so much every day from the people that come to me. I mean, I learned about PANS from one of my moms. I learned about um, MTHFR from one of my moms. It's a powerful thing. If you are there and you're struggling, please know hope is possible. You know, again, Max is like truly more regulated than I could have ever imagined. I can't wait what's ahead of it. Is is his journey perfect? No, it's not. But I focus on the micro. Like it's pretty awesome. So wherever you are, please, please keep the faith. Stay strong. Take care of yourself. Just need 10 minutes a day minimum for self-care. If you are dysregulated, it just... And of course, you're dysregulated. So let's let's be honest here. That's going to feed into their dysregulation. So I hope this was helpful. And I'm, I'm truly sending you a lot of love. We're pans parents together. And um, I'm always going to be a pans mom because this is a journey that nobody wants, but it came to me. Damn it. Pans warrior. Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs. And just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and family, no matter what kind of crisis they're in, if it's depression, anxiety, pans, pandas, OCD, it's going to be okay when you take one step towards science-backed solutions that calm and regulate the brain. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 